At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You've already found the best Dolphins coverage in South Florida or anywhere else on three yards per carry. Why not find the best heat coverage too? Over at five on the floor, we give you insider analysis, but also from a fan's perspective. So join myself, Ethan Skolnick, as well as Alex Toledo, Alphonse Sidney, Greg Sylvander, and special guests for all the heat coverage as they make this playoff run in the bubble. You can catch us on all the same podcast feeds that you find three yards per carry and also on our YouTube channel where we've got original shows, streaming shows, commentaries, videos directly from Zoom and the players and much, much more. That's the five on the floor podcast on the five reasons sports network. Welcome to three yards per carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on it. Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is the preview of week two, Dolphins, Bills, at home in front of, I believe, 13,000 fans. But first, of course, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing Company, whether it's their Miami Pale Ale, their Saison, my favorite, or their Tropical Bay IPA, which I had a couple I haven't got it since. They don't have it at my local Publix right now. Or the Marlins Lager, which is really, really good. You can get a six-pack at Total Wine, ABC Liquors, Publix, or just have it delivered to you via Instacart. Go to visit visit BiscayneBayBrewing.com for more information. Now. When are they going to have stuff in Tampa? I have no idea. Because I need to see it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea when they're going to get up there, but they – I was told that they're going to get up there, but That's it's right. great beer. It's great beer. I'm going to try to, I have to get on. some. Did you get your, your Manscaped thing, by the way, or no? No, not yet. But we, we're, we're not, we're not talking about Manscaped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Although I think, yeah. uh, I have forward. a recording from, from Simon that I'm going to play at the end of the show and he's going to. Listeners, this, I, this is really incredible. Wait till he plays this. This is, this is Simon recording himself using the lawnmower 3.0 <laughs> and the ball toner yes it's fantastic speaking it's an of, art piece really yeah yeah really speaking of sponsors my bookie well my bookie means winning season winning season returns at my book not miami yet right no not yet, <laughs> not yet. Winning season returns at MyBookie, and winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season also means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. 
cross sport meaning NBA basketball, NBA playoff basketball, Miami Heat just won again tonight. Just shout out, I have to say. My, at my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long, especially right now, NBA playoffs, Miami Heat just won again. Rejoice, the NFL has returned. Well, we haven't won yet, but that means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code 3YARDS. That's 3YARDS, and you double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Again, 3YARDS promo code. You double your first deposit up to, up to $1,000 in free play. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code three yards and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. And speaking of my bookie, the line in this game is Buffalo Bills minus six. The over under mm. is forty one. So I don't all right, know. now I've just soured on all betting. <laughs> I don't know what the the odds makers you know got out of week one. A lot of strange things happened in week one, or maybe they're mm-hmm. not strange things. Maybe you know. Maybe this is, this is what these teams are, you know? Sure. But as of right now, they don't think much of the Miami Dolphins. And if you had, I guess, playoff aspirations, this is kind of an important game because you don't want to lose two division games in a row. You can't go on two. No, it's, it's bad. So let's start here. What is it that the Bills do best? Because I spent most of the afternoon – Looking at their all 22, their defense is overwhelming, really. It's really- yeah, their defense. I mean, what do they do best is on defense, they play incredibly downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's what they do. And they're, you're gonna have to so, and, and this is we'll, we'll get into Miami's offense and, and what we have to do to, to win this game, but um, you know, against their defense, they play so downhill that we. You almost look at the last game against the New England Patriots and you're like, boy, you couldn't get anything done in that game. Like, how are you going to get something done in this game on offense? Because, uh, you know, for as much as as the Dolphins struggled offensively in that game, the Patriots didn't really go after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, not in the way that the Bills can, you know. And, and so, you know, we talked about it afterwards – you know the offensive line had a had a decent day, um, and they you know kept a kept a fairly clean pocket for Ryan Fitzpatrick, because because the Patriots didn't really go after him that much, and uh, and I think that this is this is going to change in the Bills game, and they're really going to force Fitzpatrick to you know do something under duress and and with pressure, and um, and he's going to have to you know there are different ways to beat that at some point, at some point you will have to make plays with your feet and your arm, but um, he can also, he can also beat that with the quick passing game and, and we'll see if he does that. Um, And I'm fascinated to see if he does because it is his former team and that usually means something. And um, so, you know, we'll see, but, um, but that's, to me, that's what the bills do. They're, they're downhill and they're going to, they're going to really attack Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, yeah, and a lot was made this week of the play calling on offense or the lack thereof. I went over the all-22. I went over it with a fine-tooth comb. I didn't have many issues with the, the run calls, I would say. 
But on offense, uh, uh, as far as the passing game, they lacked a little bit of creativity. I would have liked to see uh, a little bit more motion to try to identify zone because the zone or man, because the Patriots actually did mix it up plenty, except on third down where they played almost exclusively man. But I didn't see, I would say, anything that was like an alarm bell. Like alarm bells didn't go off. It was a lot of bad execution. And a lot of it I would would lay at the feet of Ryan Fitzpatrick, to be honest with you. But one thing that has to change is they seem to have guys married to certain personnel groupings, and that has to change. Like Mm. Jordan Uh Howard was in the game. It was kind of obvious what they were going to do and what they were going to run, and the Patriots acted accordingly. So how would you start to change some of those things? Well, I mean, it's exactly as you said. You just you just changed them. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, at the same time, there, there, were, there were things that they didn't do enough with, you know, because you notice, so Devontae Parker comes out and um, – Listen, Jakeem Grant and Grant probably can't run every single route, mm-hmm. right? He's five foot six, <laughs> yeah. and um, and and in every situation, and you're, you're probably not using him in the red zone. Um, I mean, think think of the think of the interception that last interception that was that was awful um, mm-hmm. to Mike Gesicki in the end zone. I mean, first off, it was just it was just a bad a bad re or it was just a bad decision by Ryan Fitzpatrick, and and I get that. But you know the defense. The defense is um, is playing back, reading eyes, and you, you spread them out, and you've got two guys on on each perimeter running fades, um, and Jakeem is the one on the side of uh, on the side of Mike Gesicki, and um, and it was his corner that pulled off of the fade because you know fuck, like I care about a five foot six inch guy <laughs> in the end zone running a fade on me um and and you know he pulls off he pulls off easily without even you know without any without even being put in a, in a bind um he you know he pulls off easily and intercepts that ball intended for Mike Kosicki and it's it's like you know there's so so it's you're really damned if you do because and damned if, if you do and damned if you don't because you have this stuff where you're like running only certain things when a certain guy is in. And yet in other occasions you're like, why the hell would you run that with that guy in the game? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, it just, it's just overall, yeah, I'm not the one to second guess the coaching, but it's, it does seem like the Patriots knew what was coming and, um, and that can't happen again against the Buffalo Bills. So, I mean, if they, if they feel like they know what's coming in certain situations, then we're going to lose this game and, and probably really badly. Yeah, look, I, I looked at the All-22, and the second interception I thought was egregious and by mm, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And I'll have a, a little chalk talk on it on Five Reasons Sports, um, the YouTube channel. You can check that out. It should be up there tomorrow. And I put that play up there. I, I picked out four plays that, you know, I found interesting. And that was one of them. And what the Patriots did is really, really simple. They played man across in dime. And they ran over routes. And it's kind of like a flood concept. But 
what Ryan Fitzpatrick has to realize is he has to see what the guys that were at the at the line of scrimmage a second ago, what they're doing now. He had mm-hmm. tunnel vision and just went with his first read, threw it there, and there's a guy standing there. And mm-hmm. it was the only guy that was playing the under coverage. Okay? If he looks off that guy, he has one-on-one on the outside to his left, and he has mm-hmm. Gasecki wide open as soon as he cleared that zone. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He just reared back and looked this is, that way. This is the interception to uh, he threw. He intended for Isaiah Ford, right? Yes. And yes. It, he picked the one. He picked the one guy that was not open. Yeah. And and I don't mean that because it was picked off by the under. Uh, I don't mean that it was because it was robbed. I mean, I mean literally. Uh, Isaiah Ford was not open. He he had a very lackluster game, by the way. Isaiah Ford. Yes, he did. he did not look like he had any life or energy um, in the way that he ran his routes, which is really weird. As Simon and I were talking about, because he picked apart J.C. Jackson in Week 17 last year, um, but he he was not having, he was having a lackluster game, and his man coverage and his man coverage, he was not doing anything. I mean that that guy had him all the way. Yeah. And um and you know he was bracketed by two players who got wide open. You know Mike Gesicki got wide open, Jakeem Grant got wide open. And uh and he decided to force it to Isaiah Ford and got robbed. You know in addition to throwing it to the guy that was covered, he got robbed. And and that point in the game when there's you know there's we're talking about 37 seconds left, and it's 7-3. Like, you're trying to get points there. You get yeah. points there. Important point. Yeah, and, and you're actually doing something. You're actually in the game, and you created something at the end of the half. But, yep. yeah, I thought he, it was piss poor. On, on As far as the running game, Matt Breda showed something. Showed some he giddy did. up. Although he, missed a, he did miss a hole on, on one of his runs in the third quarter that could have popped. But mm-hmm. who cares? He got six on the run, <laughs> you know? Like, I'll take that. Yeah. But but he was but I mean he he only ran out of certain personnel groupings and yeah. you know certain formations and uh, a certain certain kind of place and that was you know that's that's the thing between he and Jordan Howard they they seem to be using them you know for for the things that they deem them to be good at um, and to your point you know maybe the defense is catching on to that although you know when you've got a fullback on the field right. There's and Jordan Howard did have a fullback on the field most of the time, mm-hmm. um, you know. Except for I think only one run. It was double tight end instead of uh, it was double tight end with no fullback. But um, but all the other runs had Chandler Cox out there. Um, you know what kind of player Jordan Howard is, and you know what, uh, and and you know you have an idea what's coming when there's a fullback on the field in this offense. So, um, you know they need to they definitely need to diversify. Uh, I think that uh, they need to get Jakeem Grant more uh, involved in, um, in – I'm not even saying with the ball in his hands, but he did it one time and it was successful, and that's uh, that's faking the jet, jet sweep uh, mm. when Ryan Fitzpatrick ran for a dive for a um, QB sneak for a first down. Um, you know, that's – get get that going, going more. Give the defense more things to think about. Um, Right now, it just didn't it didn't doesn't seem like the defense has much to think about. No, and the first play of the game, they ran a, like a lead iso. They isolated the end on that side, which was Chase Winovich, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Solomon Kinley, uh, he played it beautifully. He hit the tackle, 
passed him off to Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis stoned him. And Jordan Howard, it was just basically an, an avalanche for four yards. And that was all built by Solomon Kinley. Now, mm-hmm. they never did that again the rest of the game, by the way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They ran uh, – that used to be a staple of a Chan Gailey-led offense. He ran it on the first play of the game. He got four yards, never mm-hmm. ran it again. And he ran it out of ace-twin tight ends, which I love. Okay? Because yeah, you do that little bunch mm-hmm. formation, it gets them thinking. You could even throw out of that because it, it gets – it makes defensive backs make decisions and like to bring up a basketball analogy, sometimes you have to switch and they, and you need to have a secondary that's well in tune to call the switches and know who's guarding who when they release mm-hmm. out into the passing game. Uh, you know, you want to take a guess how many times they ran that formation the rest of the game? Well, not many because they didn't run, they didn't run uh two tight end, you know, two tight end, uh, Unless it was heavy, too tight end and and fullback, and um, they didn't run it again. So they, they didn't ran. run it again. They, no, I mean that was that was that was the one run play I think with a with a with twelve personnel. Yeah, on Jordan, with Jordan Howard on the first play of the game, yep. and then it just went away. I would I would I would throw it out of there. It's it's a good formation to throw the football too. Yeah, I've always loved it as throwing the football out of out of that formation, and I think that it works it works particularly well with uh, with some of the receivers that that they have. But um, mm-hmm. in this game, will it work? Will it work in this game though? Um, you, you know, that's that's the real that's the real question. Uh, you know, what will work in against the Buffalo Bills secondary um, and the Buffalo Bills uh, defense? Matt Milano, I would say, you know, I'm gonna say it's probably unlikely that he plays you know just mm-hmm. based on the injury reports and um and i think that that can be a big deal um but you know they play they play downhill so much they're gonna f- attack ryan fitzpatrick force him to to make some plays and be fitz magic and everything that he did last week looked like it took effort mm-hmm. um and that's you know that's either the mark of somebody who's starting off slow because he's not in the game shape yet, or, you know, this guy's old. Um, so, you know, I, I think that he needs to get into, he needs to round into midseason form pretty quickly this week if he wants to win this game. Yeah. And speaking of winning this game, Austin Jackson's going to have to be on his P's and Q's because he's going to face his first like real pass rush specialist, really. Yeah. And Jerry Hughes. So absolutely. And in the interior at Oliver and, and Solomon Kinley, although if you watched, if you watched that all 22 with Solomon Kinley, man, we found something there. Like, you know, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good at right guard, especially. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, you know, Ed Oliver's going to match up on Ted Karras some, and, and yeah. that's, that's what I really wonder about. I wonder, I wonder if they go, cause at least this is the, all we can really do is look at how new England tried to defend the dolphins and see, and I guess guess that Buffalo's going to try to emulate most of it. I don't know. I I think they have their own defensive style. I'd be I'd be a little bit surprised. I'd be a little bit surprised if they um if they emulate a whole lot of it. Um, and I well, I well let me ask you this: when we're under center, okay, do you think that they're going to line up at Oliver in three technique or one technique? Uh, well. Yeah, when we're when we're under center, when we're under center, I think Ed Oliver's going to be on the three. I don't think he's going to yeah. be in the one. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it's up to, I don't know, maybe call some some leverage runs and try to get Solomon Kinley on him. Yeah. 
Um, we'll see. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, if the ground game starts really working out, then it all it all starts to fit together. Um, but we're going to have to be pretty creative to get, you know, this, what I think, what I think it's going to come down to in this game. And I, this is kind of a dull statement because, you know, sort of, it seems like every game comes down, down to that. But I do think that it's going to come down to like, you know, which players, which players actually just go above and beyond Mm -hmm. and, and make a play like Devante Parker. He's, he's going to catch one or, more than one, you know, down the field with a guy all over him, you know, kind of a jump ball. He's either going to catch it or he's not going to catch it. And if he doesn't catch it, then you don't win. If he does catch it, then you have a chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's going to have to be – there's a play that Jamison Crowder made against the, um, the, the Buffalo Bills last week for a touchdown that you could definitely see a Jakeem Grant make, you know. And it's like it's like what Jakeem did on that um, that first round or first down catch, you know. You either bounce off that tackle attempt, and and run for that that first down, um, or in the case of you know what what J- Jamison Crowder did when he squirted through kind of traffic and ran and ran all the way for the touchdown. You either you know you do that, you make that play and and get all the way into the end zone, or you know you lose the game, and. Um, and it may take those guys doing those things. I think Preston Williams is a little, you know, I don't think he's in shit. I don't think he's really in, in form yet. Um, so we'll see, but he is capable of making big plays down the field. Um, and, and then the other one is Matt Breida because yeah. Matt Breida is one of the fastest men in the NFL. And we have a history with the Buffalo bills with Kenyon Drake of being able to, um, you know, to try and suck them into the middle and then having Kenyon Drake bounce it outside. Um, and that was, that was Kenyon's style. Um, can Matt Breida do that? You know, can he, mm-hmm. can he do something like that and just really, really make some kind of big play? And again, you make that big run or you don't and you lose. And, yeah, and- um, that's what it is. And another thing I can say is uh, the inactive list after for week one surprised me. How Malcolm Perry wasn't active for that game, I have no idea. Especially yeah. considering you're playing a team that likes to play dime on third down and man, you know, maybe you can use them the way that they used them in training camp. Not that I'm going to reveal too much, mm-hmm. but, you know, four wide receivers and he's the running back. Like mm-hmm. that's something they can they can do. Just activate him. I don't know about Lynn Bowden. I don't know if he's if he's ready to to take on a, a you know any snaps for this week. But Malcolm no, Perry, I don't think Lynn is. I don't think he's even close right now. Yeah, but Malcolm Perry was there all training camp. He used him plenty. You know mm-hmm. he should be active and you know try to figure out something with him. You know maybe a gimmick play here or there can work. Now on the defensive side of the ball. If you look at the Buffalo Bills, this is a pretty good wide receiver core. What used to be kind of a mediocre one mm. is decent now because if you yeah. look up and down that that wide receiver core, of course you have the star in Stephon Diggs, who's one of the best. Is he top ten ish? Maybe he's he's up there. But you know what? I I think when John Brown is healthy, like mm-hmm. he's he's very close to as good. Yeah, and Cole Beasley is one of the best slot receivers in football. And sure. You know, he's always going to make a play. So when you look at that wide receiver core, like we shouldn't 
be too worried. Xavier Howard's going to get a, some added snaps this week. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason we've spent all that money is to not worry about other teams' wide receiver cores. But, you know, we do have to stop Josh Allen from creating. And like I said before, I watched the All-22, and I tried to figure out. They did have some design runs, by the way, with, with Josh Allen. Yeah, they, they did. And but a lot of his damage. They'll do that again. A lot of his damage is out of four wide. He looks around. Who knows if people are open? I don't care. I'm just watching him. And then he just finds a seam, goes, and it's 16 mm-hmm. yards. And all those yeah. count, all those yards count just as much as, as anything else. How do, you, how do you begin to try to stop that? Well, you know, it's so the Jets, the Jets had some costly errors there too. Um, and I think, you know, they're, I, I do give credit for them to, for adjusting as the game went on mm-hmm. um, uh, defensively. And I know they're well coached on defense. And, um, but, you know, initially, the initial onslaught that the Buffalo Bills made against the Jets last week. Uh, seemed like seemed like it was you know they didn't have spies on on Josh Allen, um, and and they they paid for it, and um, they just kind of let him. I mean, he, they they let the Bills spread them out, and and create space, and then just you know him beat these slower, bigger, heavier-handed defensive linemen. Um, defensive front personnel uh around to 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 make some yardage happen and um that was a mistake and they they started to rectify that as the game went on i felt like they started to put put players in his face especially from the edges a little bit more they started to they started to have guys spying on him a little bit more and you've got to force him to make plays in the passing game because he can Mm -hmm. but he also can, you know, miss. <laughs> um, so, so I mean that, or or just have like he had a horrendous fumble, fumble against the um, the Jets. I hate to um, put you on the spot here, but what's been the evidence so far in his career facing the blitz? Has he been good against the blitz? Uh, it's so. I don't think it's actually conclusive yet. <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, because, because my, my my easy fix for for a running quarterback has always been the same thing: play speed and send guys after them. After yeah, them. I mean that's that's what you that's what you do. But the problem is that he, I mean, when you've got a free rusher against him, and he's so, that big and that strong and and that fast, and you he, miss, you got a problem. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Um, and and so. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's that's what you find against him. I think that there are times that it works, and then there's like you know, holy crap. Um, the thing with him is that um, when you give him easy answers, like that's what you gotta that's what you gotta watch out for. And and also let's be fair let's be fair to the Buffalo Bills. They know this. Mm-hmm. Like they they know what you're going to want to do that way. I mean, you're not, you're not the only one to, to think about that. And, th- and that's where, that's where their screen game comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and they, they, they did show quite a bit of screen game last week um, to try and keep the, the, the jets honest that way. And it worked. Yeah. Uh, so, 
you know, they, they know this and it's going to be, if, if I, I'm just like you, if I were from Miami, I'm like, well, you know, we gotta get, we gotta go after Josh Allen. We gotta put bodies in his face um, and, and force him to, you know, make really nice throws and stuff like that. But, but then they, then they hit a screen on the opposite side of where you're coming from. And it's like, Oh shit. <laughs> you know um and and so you know that's that's what uh, that's what you got to worry about yeah and let's touch on the defense before we pick this game uh I, like i said i went over the all 22 Landon roberts not good <laughs> okay no and I, had a, I had initially blamed emmanuel ogba because i had i just had it fresh in my mind a couple of plays where he he was an absolute disaster on the zone mm-hmm. read but I have to say it was Shaq Lawson, really. And a lot of Atlanta Roberts overrunning it, overrunning the zone read, getting sold on now, every single fake. To me, there were a lot of other plays where Emmanuel Ogbo was bad. Yes. I mean, it was, I wasn't picking on – when I said that he had a dog shit game, it wasn't, I wasn't picking on him because of the, uh, the zone read, um, the zone read plays that people are thinking of. Um, there, was, there were other things going on. And – but yeah, there's other plays. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yes. Well, you went as far as to say, uh, I don't know if you said it on Twitter, but mm-hmm. you definitely said it to us on, on the WhatsApp chat that maybe Zach Sealer finds his way on there and Emmanuel Agua plays a little bit more as a pass rush specialist this week. Maybe well, you that's know, that's, thing? I'd have to think about it because I, I want to put, I want to put guys on the field who are playing with uh, an amount of intensity that wasn't there last week. Yeah. Generally speaking. And, and if you look at it, if you look at it, there's a, you know, there wasn't some, there was a, there was a lack of intensity from some players, not from Kyle Van Noy. You know, I thought Kyle Van Noy had a, had a beautiful game really. Um, and Jerome Baker played you know, with his and, Yeah. Jerome Baker was playing out of his mind, even though, you know, there are plays that people will look at and like pick on him. And, but, but it's like, he was yeah, playing of, out of his of mind. Zone, a couple of the zone reads uh, when, cause one thing that the Patriots did, which I thought was pretty smart is they, they would, they would put Izzo out, not in, in tight into the formation. They would go, they would get out into 11 personnel and play Izzo out. So it gives you like a four wide look. Then they run zone mm-hmm. read off of that. Right. So mm-hmm. what they're trying to do is trying to isolate one of our linebackers out in space. And uh, a lot of the times we had the flow correct and Jerome Baker has to shoot like the a gap because of the way we're just lined up. And he, he just wasn't getting there, but he was making the tackle. The problem Mm -hmm. is he was making the tackle after we gave up four or five yards and that's not good, you know, Mm -hmm. but a Landon Roberts really, he stuck out to me like a sore thumb and I would start looking elsewhere and a lot of those, those personnel groupings, especially in nickel. Because they played him a lot in nickel, I would I would just start playing Calvinoy, you know. And if he has to play the mic, he has to play the mic. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about him playing the mic, but um, yeah, I I don't have a good answer for that. I because you know, there's not there's usually good, not a good answer. Good when answer is Rayquan McMillan, who's not here. Yes. <laughs> There's usually not a good answer when the only guy you have to play the position is not good yeah. <laughs> in the game. And then you're like, okay, where do we go? And you look at your bench mm-hmm. and there's nobody there. The guy that you yeah. had on your bench is in Oakland right now. Well, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a mistake. 
Yeah. Um, and, but, but the question really is, and it's a, it's a fair question. Um, the new England Patriots are set up to be able to, and this is just their offensive history. They were, they were set up to be able to, um, to capitalize on, on things with the linebackers unit because they did go half. They do, they, you know, they did damage in the run game with three wide receivers and, and spreading the field out. They, and then some of their most dangerous running plays were that way, but, but that was only half of their game. The other half of their game, and this is more than most teams. Most teams are like 70% now uh, 11 personnel, but you know, half of their game was, was going 21 personnel on you or 22 personnel or, you know, something like that. Um, the New England Patriots was a little bit of 12. I thought they were to use 12 more. But um, so that their their game was was also to attack us heavy. And you know what? They also had success going heavy. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know that the Buffalo Bills are going to do the same thing because I think that they do like to spread you out. I think they do like to get more wide receivers on the field. Yes. Um, and, and let, you know, Josh Allen play some spread football, um, you know, including running the, running the ball. So is the Landon Roberts thing going to be a big deal in this game? I'm not so sure. Uh, Landon Roberts not, not playing in the game, I'm sure. Um, isn't going to be a, that big of a deal. I'm not really that sure. I'm not sure if the Buffalo Bills are going to capitalize on that and just, you know, go real heavy and try and bring all our linebackers on and then victimize them. Um, so it's going to be about the secondary um, where we actually have bodies and we have um, depth. And, and I think that they can – you know they can make plays. Brandon Jones, if he's gonna if he's gonna play as much this week, he's he's gonna get tested, right? Um, he's he's a little smallish, so um, you know, buckle up. All right, this is where we pick the game. Uh, after we pick the game, I will play you uh, a little audio from Simon Clancy. He wasn't able to make it because it's very very late. But he did send in his prediction, and I'll play it at the end of the show. So let's pick the game. You go first, Chris. I okay. So I don't think the the Miami defense is going to do poorly here. I think. I mean, I hate to eat my words, but I think the defense is going to do is, is actually is could actually be pretty good, and um, and that makes me say at home that they they could win this game but i don't see where miami's offense comes from mm-hmm. against this defense i look at the intensity level that the um that the buffalo bills defense played with last week against the jets and um and i was like well this isn't this is a better defense than we faced against new england and we couldn't get anything done against new england so how are we going to get something done against buffalo yeah um so, so that's, that's what kind of makes me was like, yeah, this is, this could be like a 20 to three game. Like, you know, your defense was, was fighting the good fight, but you know, your offense was just getting nothing done. Mm. So you got bills, 20 dolphins, three. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's horrific. It is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I will say this, and I said it before, I, I made another appearance. I don't know. I, I'm losing track of all the appearances I'm making. I'm, I'm way overexposed, Chris. Okay. Uh-oh. 
yeah, I'm doing pregame shows, postgame shows. I, I showed up on another podcast to, to promote our podcast. It's and... a bad choice of words. We're not promoting Manscaped anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I picked the Dolphins in this other podcast, but I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to regret it, but I'm, I'm not going to pick two different sides so I can always be right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stick with my prediction. Look, it's turnovers. I think that the Dolphins can get some. And can Ryan Fitzpatrick find it within himself to not make these boneheaded plays? Because as I said on this other podcast, and I'll say it here, I could see the situation where at halftime, the score is close and Ryan Fitzpatrick is absolutely awful and Tua Tungabailoa starts the second half. I could see something like that, where the score is 10 nothing and the offense is absolutely listless. And Flores just says, you know what? Enough of this. Let's just yeah. play the rookie, and let's go get something. I do agree with you somewhat, but I think the more more likely scenario is if we see two of this weekend. By the way, him coming off the injury report, I don't think is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we do see him, I think it's more likely, like in my scenario, where they're they're losing twenty to three, and mm-hmm. they go into the fourth quarter and are like, you know, I think Flores is the kind of guy, you know. Speaking to what you were saying, I think he's the kind of guy that would give Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, the first, the first, at least the first drive in the third quarter to, to start getting it righted, um, mm-hmm. to to see if he he can make the adjustments, um, because he's a veteran, he can adjust. Um, so to that to that end, I don't see it happening exactly that way, but um, I do see, you know, by the end of the game, we're getting kind of we're getting maybe not blown out, but it's, it's a solid loss. And, um, and fourth quarter, you're like, Hey, let's get the kid in. Let's get him. You know, Dan Marino made his debut, right? They were down 26 to nothing to the Oakland Raiders at the time. Mm -hmm. And he threw three second half touchdowns. Lose 26, 21. Now, you know, if Tua comes in to throw three second half touchdowns, I think they win the game. See, I remember, I remember a similar situation against. I think we even mentioned it last week against Mike Vick. Yeah. Um, and no, I remember we mentioned on pregame with uh, with Ethan on the Five Reasons pregame. Um, Ethan talked about my, you know, getting Mike Vick's feet wet. But I remember that Dolphins game where we injured Ch- uh, Chris Chandler, and Mike Vick came back on us in that second half. Yeah, I think we just and we barely, just barely it out. Yeah, we, yeah, we barely held on at yeah. the end. I mean, he had he had a pat he had a pass that made my face melt. I remember when I saw it. <laughs> I mean, it just. I remember. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, but he had juked uh, Jason Taylor out of his shoes. Yep, on that and, play. And we're talking about one of the best athletes to ever play the game, Hall yep. of Famer Jason Taylor. And Jason yep. Taylor w- was left looking around like. Did that guy just like run under me? What did he do? How come yeah. I didn't happen? And he, and he threw like a good 50 yard pass. Yes. Yeah. You know, rolling to his left, of course, and he's left handed. So he had some help there, right? But he threw a 50 yard pass. I think it was to Algie Crumpler or something. And yeah. And it was, it was like, you, you know, if they, you, they talk about, they talk about passes that are like, you know, that was on a rope. Well, well this is, you never see a 150 foot throw, a 50 yard throw on a rope this way mm-hmm. <laughs> and i've never seen one since i've you know i've been doing this for a long time and i've never seen one since 
All right. So I'll, I'll pick the game and I'll, and I'll be the optimist. I say the Dolphins, I say Fitzpatrick plays a clean game. They find some offense. They score one on defense or special teams and they win the game 21 19. Mm. All right. Well, that would be nice. Yes. Yeah. They would need it. Okay. They would need it. Yeah, Although, you know, absolutely. an 0 2 start is not terrible for a Brian Flores team because, you know, we've seen that they get better as the year goes on. And, mm-hmm. but, you know, 0 2 in the division is not a good thing ever in any circumstance. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't have pegged beaten before the season. I wouldn't have pegged this game for a win um but i did peg last week for a win i thought that you know the patriots were not going to be that tough and i thought we just you know i i I thought it would be the kind of game that it was Mm -hmm. but i thought it would be the dolphins that were doing to uh, to to the patriots what the patriots ended up doing to us which was just you know slugging it out and and coming coming out with the the victory the solid win you know not the not not a conspicuous not a flashy win just kind of a solid victory well, that's it. There is no more. You will now hear Simon Clancy as he has his prediction. And, of course, you know, don't forget to tune in to our pregame show at 1130. Be on the lookout for that, for the YouTube links. We will give them to you during the week, and especially on Sunday. That's at 1130. And hopefully on Monday, we're talking about a win against the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Here's Simon. Listen closely. You, you, you can hear you can hear like the in the background. He's he's doing it at the same time. Uh, so sorry I can't be with you this evening. Although maybe it's for the best because quite frankly you might not like the English guy because you might think he's a bit of a twat. And why wouldn't you? Because frankly, I mean, I kind of am, I suppose. Anyway, um, I can't be with you because I've had an accident with a bull toner um, and I've had to go to hospital. That's not true at all. Why would I say that? Manscaped are a fantastic uh, sponsor of the show. We're very thankful for them. And frankly, my testicles smell amazing with that ball deodorant. Anyway, that's by the by. Dolphins Bills this weekend. You knew if you listened to last week's podcast or Monday's podcast how disappointed I was with the way that the Dolphins performed. I thought it was abject, quite frankly, having watched the All-22. It was still pretty abject. Chris and I and Alf and I talked about it yesterday in terms of just how neutral the offense were, um, how... A lot of the uh, offensive game plan was really very simplistic and for an outstanding defensive secondary like the Patriots had, it was really easy to shut down. There were no deep switch releases or late switch releases, very simple route combinations and we just couldn't get open. Uh, And unfortunately, the Dolphins are heading towards another defensive buzzsaw, uh, but a significantly better one in the shape of the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Even though it's at home, the, the Bills the Bills defense is very, very good uh, at all three levels. Ed Oliver inside of the defensive line, Jermaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, one of the most underrated players in the NFL at the second level. And then a really good secondary, obviously led by Tredavious White, one of the top three or four corners in football. Uh, so the Dolphins are in for a very hard time. Young offensive line, powerful, strong talent at the receiver position when you look at John Brown obviously a speedster you look at Stefan Diggs a really pure route runner a decent running game and then there's the Josh Allen conundrum Um, you know uh, I am not historically a Josh Allen fan Uh, Chris historically is a Josh Allen fan Uh, that was one of the most amazing plays I've seen in a long time from last weekend where he rolled to his left and then overthrew a wide open Dawson Knox who was literally the only person in the end zone and somehow he inexplicably, inexplicably managed to throw it over his head anyway the Dolphins couldn't handle Cam Newton in the RPO game and the, his mobility last week. And, 
you're about to run into a very similar quarterback in Josh Allen. Accuracy issues aside, his mobility and his ability to run the ball will give the Dolphins fits because if it gave the Dolphins fits last week, a younger, more athletic, more energetic Josh Allen is going to do for the Bills what Cam Newton did for the Patriots. So I suspect very strongly that the Dolphins are going to go to 0 and 2. I think they'll get a bit of a bull whipping, quite frankly, from the Bills. Uh, almost to the tune of sort of 35-14, 35-17, unfortunately. An 0-2 start is not what we wanted at all, uh, but I think it's indicative of where the Dolphins are and uh, and sort of points to that 6-10, and 7-9 and record that I predicted pre-season. I really thought that the playoffs were out of reach and there was nothing in week one that said to me that things were going to be any different, quite frankly. We're obviously building a young nucleus of players, there is talent there, but I do think that the next season and the season after are the, are the critical ones. Um, and I certainly don't think that we're going to see anything significantly different on uh, on Sunday that's going to change my mind about that. I, I think the Bills will win. I think they'll win convincingly. And I think the Dolphins have a lot of work to do uh, in a lot of key positions. You want, you're looking for a progression, obviously, from the youngsters, from Jackson, from Kindley. You both had really, really nice games. Uh, you're looking for a progression from Christian Wilkins. You're looking for progression, certainly, from that defensive secondary. Brandon Jones, obviously, who had a solid game. Noah Igbenogane, too. And on offense, the question kind of continues. When will, when will Tua step in? What will happen? What can we be on offense in terms of system-wise? It felt like we weren't really one thing or the other the other day. It was very difficult to get a rhythm going, both in the passing game and in the running game. Matt Breeder, for some reason, seemed to be on the sideline. Started off with Jordan Howard and then sort of disappeared out of the game. And, and Miles Gaskin got the hot hand, which was great, but sort of felt slightly odd. Um, so what's going to happen at the weekend? Who knows? Remains to be seen. Uh, and I, I do hope and I do feel like... We're going to see a completely different offence when Tua does finally get the call, uh, which if Fitzpatrick's performance against New England is anything to go by, uh, and I suspect how it will go against the Bills, it could be significantly sooner rather than later, especially as he's off the injury report. Anyway, enjoy the show with the boys, and I will see you on Monday, or speak to you on Monday. I won't see you because that would be weird. Um, keep sending me uh, those tweets about my testicles. That, that was sarcasm. Please don't. And I will see you, speak to you, on Monday. Enjoy the game. Fins up. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Carry. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.